You're on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine. They gon' cover the story, not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime, time, got the game statistics. I could say, if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now, raw mind sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close, like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is raw mind sports, another edition. Welcome to another episode of Raw Mind Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Jones. And man, yesterday was an amazing day. We got I got to see so many, so many state championship games. Well, four, actually. But it still was a lot. And the reason why I say so many, because it was so much going on in those games. I got a chance to, you know, party with the 4A champs of New Bern, down in New Bern, which was a very, very cool. It was very, very cool to see them bring it back to New Bern and you know, Coach Now is a very, very dope soul, cool soul, whatever your verbiage is. Like, he's 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 all of the above. Um, they ran the wishbone. You know, it's not the tall team, but they ran the wishbone. And they didn't throw the ball not once. Didn't throw the ball not once. And still won. So, um, shout out to Newburn. You know, then we had another team in my area, um, Northern Nash, out of Nashville, Rocky Mount, Nashville. Um, Death Valley is what they call it. The Knights, they, they took a huge blow against East Lincolnton and lost. But it still was good to see the 252. You had the 252 of Newburn, 252 of Northern Nash High School there. And then last but not well, technically not in the last but not least, but I'll start with East Duplin defeating a team that's known to win multiple state championships in Reesville. Shout out to them. And their coach was pumped. I mean, I, I can see some bright things possibly going on. And East Duplin, but we'll see. And finally, you know, my hometown, Tarboro, North Carolina, which I did a little Tarboro a whole lot, a whole lot. And I'm sorry, people, if you hear me, sorry, like I had a cold. It was cold yesterday, and um, I think I got a little head cold. But at the end of the day, work never stops. You still got to keep going. So please forgive me if you can't hear me. Hopefully you can, but this cold may be kicking my tail a little bit. But, hey, so they lost yesterday against a very, very tough Mount Airy team. And – I, I want to talk about that, but first of all, I talk about it. Shout out to my sponsor, the sponsors. Essential Collections by Monica Rich. Monica Rich has amazing products, handmade herself, from bath products to cream to lotions to soaps. Um, Christmas is right around the corner, people. Check it out. Use the promo code RAWMIND. Use the promo code RAWMIND. You'll get a 50% discount as what she is doing right now for the holidays. So check out and... Her website is www.essentialessentualescollection.square.site. Let her know, Mr. Raw Mind, Mr. Raw Thought sent you. 
and you definitely get an even better discount. So with that being said, Mount Airy, Tarboro. And I'm going to tell you now, for me, you know people that know me, right? They know I love Tarboro. I'm even doing a documentary on Tarboro football. Um, some people joke about me calling Mr. Tarboro, which, you know, I'm, uh, I'm just – this is my home. I love my home. You know, and that's no matter what, no matter what I'm doing in my profession or my career, you know, Tarboro is my heart. So, you know, I, I love Tarboro, you know, and a lot of things go into that because I've been here, born and raised here all my life, no matter what, the community, the kids, things like that, regardless of what every community has, what they stick together, they don't. At the end of the day, we're here. You're born here. Your family brought you here to Tarboro. So that's what it is. And I like to bring raw thoughts too, because like you can't help when your parents sit leave you. I mean, what what, what they decided to keep you at or whatever. So <clears throat> you know, shout out to High School OT for um, bringing me in to cover not just Tarboro, but a lot of high school football. And I learned so much this far this year, and I'm learning more and more each and every day on all sports. They actually got me covering wrestling now, so and on um, basketball, of course, the football, basketball, is something I probably you know know. But cover these other sports like baseball and wrestling now for them guys, man, it's, it's super cool. Shout out to Nick Stevens, you know, of high school OT, and you know, it's some other guys like Chris Lee, you know, Luis Fernandez, man, who's been kind of paving the way, you know. I guess they seen something in me and we kind of have like amazing conversations day to day prepping me for my next move. So shout out to those guys. Um, but anyway, in this, this term right here, you know, although I'm from Tarboro and I'm all Tarboro, anybody knows me at the end of the day, I guess people don't like to hear me be biased. So I have to be raw thoughts here and I have to be in a way that, you know, no matter what, I'm all about Tarboro and I want to see the best of Tarboro. And I want to see things go great. But there's a lot of things I want to point out, or a couple of things I want to point out in this game that happened. Well, let's start with the game. Then I'm going to go to the post-game after that. You know, what I saw on the field, because I know a lot of people probably saw me on the field last night. Anybody that was at there from Tarboro saw me going back and forth to the um, media room. Based on going to the media room, you know, getting stats up, um, had a computer up, preparing for the post-game, making sure my camera, my live view was up, because basically it went live on television and stuff. So there was a lot of checking up on that. And also at the same time, I didn't necessarily have to like get stats because they had a computer in there. Anything happened, it was like running stats, June, June, June. Like every every drive, they're running new stats over and over and over. So it kind of made my job easy. So if you saw me just looking out there trying to look cool, that wasn't me just looking cool. It just a lot of work was pretty much already done for me. My job was kind of like hear the inside of what's going on on the field and try to bring up a couple of questions I want to ask, which luckily I didn't have to ask anything because a lot of those questions kind of got answered. But Mount Airy people imposed their will on Tarboro last yesterday. Now, people don't understand, like, Tarboro's defense outside of Hereford County hasn't given up, I'm, I want to say. And, I, and again, when I'm doing this, I'm doing this raw thoughts off the dome. I'm not going stat for stat. I'm going to give you my raw thoughts. So I'm not saying stat for stat, number for number, blah, 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 blah. I'm just giving you my mental aspect of looking at this. Um, if Tarboro did give us some points, It'll probably be after a blowout and maybe 20 points at the most. Tarbo only gave up 20 points against my area, against a tough Tyler Mason, who everybody's been talking about, but it was only 20 points. The offense couldn't get it going. And isn't that personal to the offense? The offense just couldn't get it going. You had the two the two headed monsters back there, you know, Cameron Bedow Moore and Mason Satterfield. They were, you know, they they have been studs all year. Like I said, they drive the bus. They are the reasons, they're probably the key reasons, not the only reasons, but the key reasons why Tarboro is where they're at because these guys are totally rock. 
Sometimes it could be them just getting wide open holes from an amazing offensive line, or it could be them making a play on a person that's trying to tackle them out in open space. And those guys are very shifty, quick, and they know how to get past that one or two defense. So it was just a lot of not, you know, getting the ball or not being able to do what Tarver does yesterday. And Coach Atkins, he discussed that in the um in the post game. But Tarver gave up twenty points. Offensively, we just can't really do anything. They have some extremely, extremely fast linebackers, and let Coach Atkins tell you he has the best linebackers in the state. And he feels like if they get one-on-one matchups, you're going down. You're not going to beat his linebackers. And it's that simple. You know, you know how sometimes like in sports where like guys or go up, uh, uh, let's say they're about to go against an opponent or whatever, they'll talk about how good they are, blah, 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 all this stuff, all that stuff. You know, like, man, this is a tough team. We're going to try to do our best to beat them. You know, most teams usually, you know, talk or speak like that first. Like, yeah, you know, hey, Tom is really good, man. I'm I'm just trying to get my boys ready for the task. Oh, no, Cole Axis was different. I'm not worried about Tom. Wrong thoughts. I'm not worried about that. He had a confident aura about him. He said a few things, but just seeing hearing him behind the scenes, you know, really not worried. Don't even care. You know, um, I feel like we'll be fine. You know, I don't think they can beat us up front. Our front line, our D line is a lot better than their front line. But the only thing, I'm going to give y'all some raw thoughts here. Anybody listen to this podcast, I'm telling you, I'm not even putting it on Facebook. So you got to come audio. And if you listen to it, I'm just appreciative and grateful that you actually took the time to listen to this podcast. And by the way, like, share, subscribe. Um, You know, Coach Atkins, the only thing I got, and this is in the midst of the game, is that, you know, he made a sucker move is what I say. You know, him and Rosewood pushed the issue, pushed the issue of getting one of the star offense linemen and D-tackle suspended. You know, I don't think it was like – it wasn't push, but it was super push to them to make sure they got this guy suspended. Now, regardless, I understand fighting, blah, 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 all that happened. You know, that shit, you know, things shouldn't happen. But he made the extra, he went the extra mile to make sure this guy got kicked out. Made the extra mile to do some things. And I know this from a real source, so I know that. He went the extra mile to make sure it happened when it wasn't even going to probably, maybe, I don't know, happen, whatever. But he really went the extra mile. Him, Rosewood, those, those, um, they coordinated that situation. And I, I'm thinking, like, listening to Coach Atkins, and he was talking about the situation. He was really talking highly of Massenburg, number six eight, how good he was. And I don't know if Massenburg leads the team in tackles or not, or he's just as close, and how well he could block on the offensive line going through the trenches. But I think he looked at that whole team in the offensive line. He felt like that was the, the heart and soul of the line. And him going down, he felt like he had a whole – his whole confidence just went sky high. Agus' confidence went sky high knowing number 68 won't be on the field. Now, what 68 done before the um, – the, uh, before the state championship game, I mean, I can look at it from both ways. Like, raw thoughts, somebody take your helmet off as a child or a man. We're going to be real. It's hard for you to keep your composed man swinging the helmet at you. I mean, child, whoever, you out there. Even if you ain't done that, you ain't going to just let no man keep swinging no helmet on you. But I also understand the concept. There are rules that you have to abide by, no matter what's going on, which is like suicidal to me. But, hey, that's the win part. But they basically won the game in the trenches. The entire game in the trenches, in the trenches, in the trenches, and number six eight wasn't there to be available. And I know this is one thing I always say. This is what all coaches say, right? And let's be real. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say what the coaches not gonna say. Okay, the coaches have to make sure that their people, just in case injuries happen and stuff, are prepared and ready to rock and roll. But let's be clear here, raw thoughts. Your next man up for a reason. 
You ain't ne- if you ain't the starter, you next man up for a reason because you're not better than the starter. It's a reason you're next man up. And of course, every coach in the country, basketball, football, baseball, soccer, always say, next man up, we gotta go. Because we understand injuries. You know, injuries happen, and I get it. If injuries happen, then yeah, you gotta go with the next man up. But in a situation like this, when a fight or suspension of a healthy player is not playing, that hits you differently because he's healthy. He ain't hurt. He's suspended for a situation that happened that a lot of people probably try to get on this kid about, but not understanding it's a child in a situation that's tough of a manhood and so on. It, it's a, it was a tough situation. But when you have to go next man up, it still puts your team in the depth. And the coach knows that, but he's never going to say nothing bad or, or make the confidence of the kid that's next man up go down. That's any coach in the world. They're going to say that's the logical thing to say. Next man up. Next man up. But that don't mean you want the next man in there. You want the man that's starting in there. That's who you want in there. So those those moments like that are like crucial for, for, for moments. And it's that gets the kid that, that took the guy place. He did a great job. I'm not even saying that. But I'm just saying things happen for a reason, and that's why they're called next man up. That's all I'm saying. Nothing against that kid because that kid played his butt off. And it's good because sometimes you can be next man up. You can get the golden opportunity in life. Anything can happen, and it could be your moment. And you got to take advantage of your moment. So shout out to that situation. Now, listen, Coach Crowder. Now, the thing that, that took me that um, tugged on my heart yesterday was like seeing all these kids going through the pressure and in the game, seeing a lot of these kids hurt and cry. You know, it, it, it hurt me. You know, even though I know Tarba has lost a few state championships before, but like seeing those kids, man, they look like they're going to be hungry next year. They're going to be extremely hungry. Crowd out express like, hey, you know, I know how it feels to lose. And I hope you have the same feeling. So when next year comes, you'll be more mentally prepared and mentally focused no matter what. And just seeing some of those guys, it hurt, it hurt my soul. But me as a guy that works for the uh, the Raleigh News Station, pretty much, capital of North Carolina, you know, I still have to be unbiased. But there's so much one side. I think I ain't gonna need a lot, man. watching them guys in that press conference, that presser. You know, I had to stand strong myself because, like, seeing them so sad, it, it, it really it hurt me, man. It hurt me. Those kids work their butts off, man, no matter what people think. If they think coaching was bad or coaching was terrible or not, I'm thinking about the kids who are out there performing. Whatever you got to feel about the coaches, that's just y'all. But I'm just saying, these kids, I felt bad for them because I really know no matter what the situation, coaching strategies or whatever you think should have been done, these kids still was out there trying to play their heart off. Like, that, they really hurt me. But – Seeing those guys, they should be ready next season. I think they're going to really be more and more focused. But this is the problem. Now I'm going to go to the other side. Coach Atkins, from what I hear, they may be going to 2A, they may be going to 1A, but I still have to check to verify that. They play in 1A. Coach Atkins is them confident. They said the end, the Tarba dynasty is over. They said for the next three years, the Tarba dynasty is over. That, that was a good dynasty. They had a great run, but the run is over. The season is over. It, it ain't going to be no more Tarba dynasty. They feel like they have a young team. Their team is just as young as Tarboroughs. And it is super young, just like Tarboroughs. So if they're going through anything, they are. If everybody stays healthy, and if they can stay in one day, you're going to probably see this matchup for the next few years. If everybody stay healthy, you'll see it for the next few years. I really just don't think it's a team out there in the East Coast that really can beat Tarboroughs in the next few years, unless Tarboroughs gets hurt. But I know, like, one thing Coach Atkins did say, I don't want to put myself in that situation. Games still have to be played. And I agree, games still have to be played. And so with him, he was saying the same thing. Like he knows the games have to be played before he started thinking that. But he, but at the same time, you can listen to his aura. Like he's super, he's super confident 
He's super confident that <laughs> he'll be back. And fans think they'll be back. Easily. You know, so listen to him and his presser. This is the one thing he said. He said, I knew he was going to be able to dominate the Tarbati. Um, He said, but he had a plan for it. He said, all I want, he said, he basically told his offensive lineman, his defensive lineman, by the way, he has a freshman named Third Floyd, who's 5'11", 320 pounds on D-line. He's a freshman. 5'11", 320 pounds. Then you have a junior that's coming back next year. And Candy Joyce at 6'3", 233 pounds. Then you have Cam Hawks, who is 6'4", 268 pounds, who's a junior. He's coming back next year. And then you got another kid. He might have moved him around here and there. Spencer Ball went to 6'4", 250. All he said, what he told his guys was that D-lineman, he tried something different with most teams try to make up, try to pose their wheel. He said all he told his D-lineman, if they make a tackle, it's a plus. But all he wanted was his D-lineman to just clog up the hole and throw off timing. He said, because if we could throw off a second or two of them guys getting to the getting to the, the surface of the linebackers or getting to the linebackers zone area, he knew if he could throw off the time, the linebackers would be able to handle the rest. He knew his linebackers could handle that. So all he wanted his guys to do was to just clog the hole up a couple times, you know, throw all timing. For, he said number 11, 24, which I know by Mason Satterfield and Cameron Medallion Moore. He wanted them to throw that timing off. So even if that one second they're trying to find a hole, it gives them a second to try to figure which way they're going. He knew by the end the linebackers already had that shut down. He said that was just perfect. He said that's all he wanted. He didn't ask his, his um, D-lineman to go make huge tackles. He just really wanted to clog the hole. But if they made those tackles in those situations, that was a plus. He said a lot of teams be trying to jam up and push and trying to send everybody and hope that every player makes a tackle. He said when you're running a misdirection offense, which he called, which we know, the Tarver T, he feels like that you just have to play your role and kind of sit back and be patient. He said we're too busy trying to rush up immediately to stop the play instead of trying to see who really has the ball. He said, if you sit for a second, you can actually find out who has the ball from what he said in his press. And he just felt real confident in doing it like that. And he feel like he said he got some big kids coming next year. He said he got two kids that's going to be playing on varsity next year. It's just as big as his freshman, um, third floor, that's coming next year. And on D-line, he said they're going to be playing varsity. And he said he's going to be ready to rock and roll. He said these kids – have a similar style to Tarborough. These group of kids he has right now have been running the same offense, has been doing the same thing since they was in parts of red. He said they are nothing, they are nothing different than what Tarborough's been doing for years. He said, <laughs> in a nice way, it's their time. I take that ass. He's trying to say the Tarborough dynasty is over. So he said it's their time. And if he said it's their time, he ain't saying it's their time just to go win a couple of playoff games. He's saying it's their time to go win the state championship over and over and over. That's what he's saying. I don't care how vague he trying to make it because he's still a professional and he don't want no, what they, how we say it now, how kids say it, he ain't want no smoke. But he feels like that dynasty is done and then he feels like he has enough players of build and strength and size to overpower the fast pace of Tarver. And he said that's how they really got it done. He said he was just, just trying that to throw off timing. It wasn't about making plays with the D-line. He was just making sure his linebackers was in position to make it. He also did say if they got past the D-line, and the time it wasn't disrupted, then he felt like his linebackers could have been in a bad situation, and he didn't want that. So he said his real MVPs of the game was his D lineman, just sitting there, clocking up. He said sometimes he told him to rush. He said sometimes he just told him to stand there, you know, to make sure they can figure out what it was at, which was weird. Like his whole aura about it was there. And, you know, but, again, like I said, Tarver, they give up a 20 points. 
you know, a lot of people say that's a lot of points. No, it's not. Because, like, Tallboro doesn't – I mean, when Tall beat teams and blow out teams, that's usually their average number. You know, outside of the Hereford County game, they don't give it up. Offensively, we just can't get it going. And he really feels that this is going to be the same way year in, year out. And he said it right confident. He was like – he said it like, uh, you know, I, I just knew our team was just, was just going to be better. He said, you know, he talked about 68 Massaburg again, how how big and how how that was detrimental to Tarboro, which he was the reason it was detrimental because he puts the issue even more. But he talked a lot about 68, and he felt like that was a kid that could win the line in the trenches that could have gave them a run for their money. So he really, really pushed that issue in um in the presser. But I feel like these guys are going to be playing again. All those tears I saw from Tarboro. I saw a lot. I feel like these kids gonna be hungry. They gonna want it even more. They probably gonna have Mount Airy. You know, during the summer workouts, they gonna probably have that name up there, Mount Airy, Mount Airy, Mount Airy. Yeah, they beat them in 2017. Mount Airy got that lick back is what they want to say. It's one way. But before I go there, PHP Eastern. Email Phil Lampere at PHP Eastern, NC at gmail.com. PHP Eastern, NC at gmail.com. Phil Lampere. He got you covered with everything from life insurance to retirement to your finances. He has free consultations. All you got to do is listen to him. I mean, I know everybody has their own businesses. I know they have their own life insurance policies, retirements, things like that. Just give him a listen. Let him listen to what you have. Maybe he can help you. It's a free consultation. You can't lose. A free consultation. He ain't asking you to switch over immediately. He's just trying to give you what he can offer. You know, philiplife.com, philiplampronlife.com. Excuse me, lampronlife.com. .com is the website as well. But again, if you want to have any questions and you feel free to talk to him, he'd be more than happy to see the website himself. It's His number is 919-738-1507. 919-738-1507. Use the promo code RAWMIND. Use the promo code RAWMIND. Everybody's situation is different, but you'll still get a discount of something. Every situation is different. But at the end of the day, man, Tom will be back. Tom's been strong. You know, seeing crowd out and those guys been coaching for years. You know, still getting here. Running the Tarbot T. The Tarbot T has been successful for years. You know, I know I saw a lot of fans. I'm going to be real. Raw thoughts. And I'm. this is where I'm going with this. A lot of fans are tired. Some fans are tired of Tarbot T. Some fans are content with the Tarbot T. Some fans feel like the Tarbot needs to throw the ball more. Some teams feel like they need to run the ball more. So it's a, it's a, it's just a, uh, uh, the world is boiling. I, I want to say like you got different fans on different sides of it. You know, but, you know, at the end of the day, we all say we can say, and I say this in raw thoughts. I know from a logical standpoint, I can see this and see that, but you got to know these S&Os. You got to know this. It's more to just the play. It's a lot of stuff that goes down into the breakdown of the play. I'm not going to talk about if uh, the coach or if I can coach or not because I ain't in no shoes. I haven't called a football play ever in my life. So I can't say nothing. Even what I see, I can see and tell and give my personal opinion. But ain't nothing like being in that seat and trying to make that thing happen. When you're in that seat, it's a whole different type of pressure. And, you know, we have some talented kids at Tarboro. We do, we do. And I know a lot of people say, like, anybody coach these guys because we got a lot of talent around here. We don't really, it don't really matter who coaching. And I'm going rough thoughts here. That's why I put this podcast on the audio because I want y'all to hear it like this. And it's just not, this is not me saying the coach is bad. This is not me talking about none of the coaches. I'm just telling you what I hear all the time. And I'm pretty sure they hear it a lot. But I'm just saying that at the end of the day, it's a different pressure when you get in that seat. You can only speak for yourself. 
And I know we can see things and we can say things and things like that can happen. And you know, it's a lot of coaches. You know, you even got not only coaches on the field, but you got the coaches that be in the press box. They can see all the formations that the team is running and kind of give plays and stuff like that. You know, try to see what uh they can um figure a way to counteract, like a game of chess. I call those guys in the press box the chess players. But it's still up to the coaches to listen to what they're saying up there. If they tell you something and you ain't listening, then hey. The, the chess players at the top of the press box telling you one thing you need to um know. So I, I, I'm strong on like listening to those guys at the top, and I'm not going to be a person that's going to talk about anybody because I'm not here to talk about no no one on that coaching staff. I just know a lot of people have their own opinions. A lot of people pressure. It is what this is how it goes. People have their opinions saying these guys can't coach. Do you have some people that's coaching? Well, they're, they're not saying they're talking about anybody, but do you have you know coaching? They know the pressures of them being in that seat. Then you also have people saying, like, fans also saying, like, but you ain't been in their shoes before. No. And then it all comes out to the overall picture. For some reason, everybody in Tarboro thinks they can coach this team because they feel like this team just has natural talent. One day we'll see who can coach and who can't, or whatever they can do, or fans, or whatever. Craddock ain't going to be around long. He's on the end. He, the, um, the, the sand, we call it when you dip the, um, the sand capsule over, you, you know. He on ball time. Now, I ain't going to say ball time, but his time is almost running out for him. He, it ain't because he got to go. It's just he's he's already saying, like, it's, it's going to be somebody else's show soon. So we'll see. Somebody's going to have the opportunity. Someone going to have the opportunity. <clears throat> but, but I guess, like, some people are saying, like, you run the team. When the time these kids go to college, they don't know this formation. They don't have wide receivers. They can't have wide receivers here. It, they feels like it's it's handicapping players who probably can play wide receiver in college. But they ain't a running team because at the end of the day, we're winning championships. And when you win the championships with a philosophy that you're running, that you're playing with, it's you're not going to usually change to something else because if you're winning with this philosophy, some people always say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, and I, and I get that. But sooner or later, we're going to see. But with that being said, my area said they had the cure for the Tarba T. Is, is the Tarba T coming to an end? And I ain't talking about on the eastern part of North Carolina. I'm talking about it's time for the state championship. Do somebody else have a recipe to stop the Tarba T in the state championship? Tobago State, no matter how many times you use the Tarba T on the eastern part of North Carolina, and if it ain't working in the state championship, I think Tarba's mindset you know, some teams are just sorry. Let's be real. Some teams just don't have good players. Or they may not have good coaches. They may have talented players they wish other coaches had or had their hands on. But if, man, if they still get the state championship and the Tarba team fails, because this community believes in championships, not just going first round, second round, third round. They believe in championships. So what do we do? That's just a question. That's not an answer. I'm not answering it. That's just a question with a question mark. What does Tarba do if the Tarba T doesn't work in the state championships year in and year out when they get there? Although it worked on the East Coast, what will happen? Will adjustments be made or will we say it's the end of the Tarba T? We'll never know. Well, excuse me. We will know. Something going to happen. But raw thoughts here. I'm the guy who wants to bring the raw thoughts. <clears throat> I'm media. I ain't a coach. So at the end of the day, I'm going to say what I feel in, in my raw thoughts, and it's whatever everybody else thinks, that's on them too. So, But 
I'm not here to critique anyone because everybody has their own valuable opinion. I respect everyone's opinion. But it's a fact. Everybody ain't coaches. And everybody ain't played the game. And everybody can't make those tough decisions in the midst of the game, in the heat of battle. Especially if you ain't going to practice every day, watching these kids play day in, day out, day in, day out. Learn these kids from a practice perspective. We see them on game days, but we don't know what they do in practice. I think if we look at them in practice more, we'll be able to get what's going on and see what it is. Or what needs to be worked on, needs to be fixed, whatever. But I really like, you know, the coaching staff, myself, and all. <laughs> I know a lot of you guys may like or may not, but at the end of the day, it's just like it's just like a politics. You got tough coaches, they gotta take those chances and, and catch the heat when win or lose. And if you're the president or the mayor or whatever, you take the good and bad too. You gotta take the heat. It's a lot of pressures in those seats. Some guys have the chance to to not be pressured with winning. And then sometimes in other schools when you're losing, you're losing. So you know, it's a lot of pressure when you're winning. It's a lot of pressure when you keep winning, you keep winning state championships. Compared to a team, you know, like just checking this out this year, like Smithfield Selma. They call them Triple S High School. Just start having a good season this season. They ain't had a good season since 2005. And they still had the same coaching staff. It ain't no pressure for them to win because they already know they ain't going to win games. But when you're a team that's winning championships over and over and over, the more headache, the more controversy, the more things come. Because now you got, it's just like you're spoiling the town. And they're used to you winning. And they don't accept nothing less than excellence. With that being said, this is Ryan Jones Sr., a.k.a. Primetime, a.k.a. Mr. Raw Thoughts. You know, go to rawmindsports.com, rawmindsports.com, and you'll see this episode up. Or you go to any podcast platform, and you'll see Raw Mind Sports up. And I just felt like this is the title, Raw Thoughts. Mount Airy pulls their wheel on Tarboro. Are they the antidote to the Tarboro team? That's all I got for you guys on the Sunday. You guys have a great day, great night, great morning, whatever time you listen to this podcast. Eyes open and listen. This is Raw Mind Sports, another edition.